a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Manna. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Manna, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves extraordinary, but they're humble. Holy way of living is exactly what makes them extra, and I'm excited for you to meet them. Today's guest is one that, uh, you know, if our MANA podcast had bylaws on the eligibility of guests, would uh, probably be scrutinized for a couple of reasons. First, uh, as you all know, this podcast aims to feature just, you know, plain old ordinary guys of faith who have ordinary jobs. Uh, In this case, after only a brief stint in the hardware industry, uh, our guest today has spent nearly uh, 20 years as a youth and adult faith formation leader, which could technically disqualify him as being one of just the regular Joes uh, we here at MANA surround ourselves with. Uh, And second, um, he is a graduate of St. John's University, and I'm not sure if it's safe to have Johnny's and Gusty's in the same room unsupervised, but uh, there's no sharp objects here, just a bunch of podcast equipment, so I think we'll make it through. Uh, but somehow uh, uh, our guest made it past both of those those tight screens, and he is here with us today. He's a talented leader uh, in the church, a devoted husband and father and overall great guy. Welcome today's man a man Mr. Chris Gestalk. Hey, Chris. Hey, Jeff. How, <laughs> how did you reach back into my Essen hardware? Like I, that's right. That's right. That's amazing. I've, that's right. The power of LinkedIn is you know, what that is. And, oh, uh, yes, yeah. it's, it's prominently featured on your LinkedIn profile. So what what did you have, a specialty area in the hardware? Uh, yeah, I was in uh, like sort of the customer service thing in the back. The I cut keys for people, oh, yes. cut glass. The best was there's all these old retired electricians and plumbers and whatnot, and and uh, they would, like, fix stuff, and I would watch them if nobody was there. <laughs> and I was like, I should learn how to do that, you know. Although my hardware store burnt down. Wow. Yeah, it was, wow. I, I don't know if it was for the insurance money or, like, the yard guys. Like, I don't know who knows. Wow. But I was super sad when I yeah. went back. It was like a Walgreens. I yeah. was like, huh. Mm-hmm. Gone. I was also a hardware store uh, clerk. Uh, horrible at it. I, and, and to this day, I still can't fix or discern any type of tool. I don't know. I really don't know why. I, it was, there were limited job opportunities back in Annandale at the time. Yeah. So was that, uh, but you know, maybe by osmosis, we, we both kind of picked up some things. For sure. For sure. For sure. Well, thank you very much for being here uh, on MANA. And, um, you know, uh, there's so much to talk about. Uh, for those listening, Chris, um, as all of the MANA men, by the way, MANA men, what do you think of that? Is that too corny, kind of like let that go, or is uh, it's 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 a lot of M's and N's. <laughs> I'm just saying. So uh, so as with all of our guests, um, I've got a, a, a history with all of them, and Chris um, was uh, instrumental in the uh, in the faith formation of of our daughters, and also of of yours truly here uh, as you segued into adult faith formation. So we'll have plenty of time to kind of get into kind of the day job and all that kind of stuff. But, but with each guest, uh, as with all of the guests on Mana, you know, you're all, you're all here because very selfishly as the host, I've recruited all of you because of, um, you know, your faith and how you live it and how you inspire others. And you all have loads of examples 
that, that go that go 10 yards deep. And yet you all have a unique thing that, that I appreciate that sort of sort of like the special little brand or the special, you know, kind of tag on each one. And, uh, and so before we get into, you know, some of the background, all that kind of stuff, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to lay this one on you. And I was trying to think of how to actually describe this. And I started with how, you know, you know, doctors have, you know, bedside manners and, and some of the best doctors, you know, you know, you hear people say, he's just got a great bedside manner. And I don't know if that's what this is, but, but what I've always loved about you, Chris, is you're in a very sort of, um, I'll call it kind of conventional sort of churchy role job. Okay. So you've, you've, so you're already, you know, you're at a cocktail party. People say, Hey, so what do you do for a living? You're like, and whatever comes out of your mouth, you're going to automatically be put in a box. Like, Oh, you're one of those guys. And what I've loved about you for all the years that, that we've known each other. And as I've seen you engage with young people and, and old people and all people is you have, and that's why I say, I don't know if it's bedside manner, but you have a way of connecting with people and, and in a very normal sort of sort of pedestrian way, but yet it's almost like uh, when you hear about parents like uh, sneaking broccoli in with the ice cream, like all of a sudden, hey, you just ate broccoli. And like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that was broccoli. And, and you have a way of, 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 of delivering these wonderful messages and these great examples, and, but yet in a very authentic way and not in a way where, because sometimes I feel like, you know, guys in your role, they, they sort of get, because, because there's such a perception of, okay, he's one of those guys. And, uh, and so anyway, to kick us off, I'd, I'd love to know, uh, you know, is that something that just comes natural? Or is that something when you decided to get into this sort of line of work, this vocation, or when it called you, did, 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 you, did you think, you know, this is, this is how I'm going to do This is how I'm going to try to, you know, connect with people and attract as many people as possible. Uh, or does it just come, come naturally? Yeah, that's a good question. It is, it is strange that somebody who works for the church is uh, normal and can talk to people. <laughs> that's not, you know, we joke, but reality, sometimes that's not true, you yeah. know. Uh, I don't know if it was always a pur- purposeful decision. I think it actually probably comes from two things. Uh, one is uh, needy on my part. Like, I want people to respond positively to me <laughs> and to, like, have real relationships and feel bonded. And uh, I'm a high relation guy, so, like... I love to to just know people and and walk away from a situation where everyone feels good about it, you know. So it's kind of a personal need, yeah. but I think I also saw it in my mom a lot. Uh, my mom was a highly committed church person, but she was super relatable. Um, she could you know talk up anybody in the grocery store line um, to totally to my annoyance as a thirteen year old, you know, or fourteen year old, <laughs> be like, "Mom, stop talking to the cashier. Oh, she doesn't know you, you know, like whatever." <laughs> But, like, uh, I think I learned a lot. Like, you, osmosis um, just kind of really picked it up um, watching her do it. And um, at the end of the day, like, um, I really just like people. I yeah. like to meet a lot a lot of different kinds of people. And so um, I want those those interactions to generally be uh, awesome yeah. and positive and yeah. good. And, like, um, so I don't know if it's if it's uh, as, uh, I don't know, uh, strategic as, oh, gonna, yes, I will be very likable. And then they were like, Jesus, too. Like, I don't know, like... <laughs> I'm like you know, twist my mustache, but yeah, um, yeah I, I think it's more like I want uh, I want people to to feel the joy that I feel in in in, in life and in faith, and so um, I want to leave them with that impression of me, sort of selfishly, but also 
of somebody from the church who's not sour-faced. Yeah, you right, know, right. It was Teresa of Avila who said, Oh, Lord, save us from sour-faced saints. And uh, I've always kind of tried, tried to live by that just in general. That's so great. How did you end up in this? How did you end up here? So, you, you know, you went to St. John's, great Catholic school. I mean, was this was something that from a young age you, you envisioned yourself doing or, or what? what, what no, not at all. Uh, so when I was uh, growing up in St. Louis, Missouri, I went to a Catholic all-boys school, Shamanan, and I was thinking journalism. Uh, I was part of the paper and doing all that thing, you know, and it's always like, you know, when you're thinking of what you're going to be in life, you're like, well, what do I like to do? Like, which as an adult, kind of like, whatever. Um, but uh, I was thinking journalism, and then uh, I got invited to church by some buddies, some of my baseball buddies, and um, in fact, my my catcher was like, oh, Chris, like, you should come to church, you know, youth group with me, and I'm like, Pat, whatever, man, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a church guy, that's not my deal, right? And he's like, no, 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 and I went to an all-boys school, he's like, there are girls. I was like, all right, what time? And uh, <laughs> and we went. And uh, long story short, there's a guy there, Steve Algar, who's my youth minister. And um, and he was a regular dude who you just talked to people. and um, But he was passionately in love with Jesus Christ. And had a couple events, went to a Studentville Youth Conference, did some mission trip work. But more than any of those big things, like just the weekly in and out of being around people of faith, mm-hmm. um, I guess you could say I had a conversion or reversion or yeah. whatever you want to call that thing where um, I just, the, the Lord called me and I said yes to, to following him and then um, said yes to ministry of some sort. Uh, so discern the priesthood in there. Uh, Father Mike Butler in, uh, in St. Louis was the vocations director at the time. Yeah. And he's one of those men where you see him, you're like, forget he's a priest. I want to be a man like that. <laughs> you know, like there's this great moment where yeah. on this thing and a bunch of us boys were supposed to carry like, you know, 55 gallon drums of paint. And, uh, and we were supposed to meet him out there, but we ended up playing basketball for an hour and a half instead. Yeah. We got out there and he's got the last pail, you know? Wow. And we're like, we're so sorry. Oh. And he totally could have yelled at us. Totally. Mm-hmm. He's like, Oh good. Who won the game? We're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like punish us, please. Wow. You yeah. know, this is worse, yeah. but we just, I want to be a man like that. Cool. And, uh, so discern the priesthood and then, so you just, it's yet in high school. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, in St. Louis, the Archdiocese had a vocations dinner. Kind of like we have in our diocese here, and and uh, and a bunch of us went. And it was great, and my mom said, uh, "That's wonderful, but we already put the deposit down on your housing at college." So um, I'm glad you want to do seminary, right, but right. you have to do a year at St. John's yeah. first. And um, and I still discerned all through my four years uh, as an undergrad at St. John's, but uh, ended up there doing theology. Um, fell in love with the monastic life there and the monks and the way of their daily and constant prayer. Uh, I thought it was beautiful. Their desire for sort of that beauty, truth, and goodness, those transcendentals, like we're a different person every time we hear it, you yeah. know? And I, and I think it's important to always take a fresh look and to actually uh, actually read the words on the page. Yeah, uh, I, think it's, I think it's so easy for me to start, you know, like, oh, the sower and the seed. Oh, uh, yes, <laughs> I know this one. Would you like me to tell it? <laughs> you know? No, thank you, gospel evangelists. I've got it, you know, like. But the reality is every time you can you can kind of garner something new, you can yeah. hear something new, you can understand it in a different way. Um, and I think that's, I think it's really important. Um, you know, my mom died about a year and a half ago or so. And um, at, through that and after that, like all the teachings about resurrection, all the teachings about new life, like it all changed. Mm-hmm. You know, it all went from, um, oh yeah, yeah, new life. Got it. Yeah. Right. Someday. Yeah. To like, no, 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 no. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, the woman who, who birthed me and reared me, like 
she has to know that's real now. Yeah. You know, that, that teaching isn't um, some concept that I assent to because it's in the, the catalog of Catholic beliefs or Christian beliefs. Um, I want to believe that now because it's happening for her now. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's how Scripture can change for us. Like Jesus' resurrection is the first, the first to be resurrected. And uh, by God's grace, my mom is too. You know, like, um, that's how Scripture can change for us. Yeah, totally. Amen. Ah, that's fantastic. All right, well, we are, we're now, um, see, the time goes by so darn Question two. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Next up. No, we're actually to, uh, we're now to the uh, portion of the show that is miserably named. uh, Really got to come up with a better name for this, but this is the fun segment. Uh, of the show, and there's three there's three fun segments, and for all of you listening out there, um, all of the guests on Mana, all of our Mana men, Mana men, uh, are given these qu- next three questions in advance. So, if uh, if Chris or if any of the guests ever try to fake it, like, oh, that's a great question, hmm, let me think. they're lying, they're outright lying. So, uh, so now for so fun segment, uh, there's number one, two, and three. So fun segment number one. Uh, I need. We should have like music to signal a change in you know this more yeah some lighthearted, sort of uh, segment know, intro Benny Hill kind of a thing. All right, so so there we go. Fun segment number one: If Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow and wanted to hang out, what would you do with him? And you can't say. I realize this in one of our last episodes. You can't say go to church because mm-hmm. that's a little redundant for Jesus. Yeah. It's kind of dude. I'm here all the time. So yeah, you're hanging out with Jesus. What are you gonna do? Uh, so, uh, I have thought about this before as you did send us the question <laughs> and, uh, I originally had two answers and then the more I thought of it, I realized it's just one answer, but, uh, I would take Jesus to a twins game. <laughs> I would, right. I'd take him down to uh, target field. I'd, I'd buy him a kosher hot dog and we would go to the game and, uh, and we'd start with the game and I would be super into it, taking score, chewing sunflower seeds. And three minutes later, he'd be done. He'd be like, <laughs> You know, you know, like, uh, what is this like, gladiatorial game yeah. that you're playing? At? They're not even hitting each other, you know, <laughs> like, um, and so I realized like he wouldn't, he, like he'd turn around, <laughs> you know, he would like turn around to like people behind him and be like, Hey, what's your name? Like he would yeah. instantly go into like what he does, which is love us, yeah. uh, perfectly exactly where we're at, what we need. Yeah. And, uh, and he would end up preaching to section three fourteen. I, I, I sit in this cheap seats and, uh, and he, we'd, we'd have church right there, right? Sure. You know, like yeah. I know that's what would end up happening. Cause my original two answers was twins game and then street preaching, but uh-huh. that's what he ended up doing. Get he'd down there, he'd yeah. walk the concourse, right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he'd do healings or what he would do, but like, um, man, I would love to take him there. And then I, I, part of me would be wildly disappointed because he wouldn't watch the, like, no, 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 but there was right. a pickoff yeah, Jesus. Right. You yeah, know? He just had to wait for it. He'd probably yeah. get to the sixth inning like all of us and go, you know, this should be done right about now. You say right, about all of us. You mean almost some of us. us. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fun segment question number two. Yeah. If you could, uh, if you could go to church uh, with any other guy living or dead, who would you go to? Who would you go to mass with? This is an unfair question. First mm-hmm. of all, yes, it is exactly. no as as all of these types of questions yes. are. But out of all fun. of humanity that has <laughs> ever lived, living or dead, living or dead. Uh, my uh, my list is incredibly long, but I will narrow it to just a couple. Uh, actually, uh, who I've already mentioned him, but Chesterton. I'd like to go with Chesterton because I think afterwards we'd go out and. Uh, and probably have a scotch and a cigar together. So that'd be awesome. And then uh, I also actually say Maximilian Colby, 
who was a 20th century saint. I don't know if you know him, but he died at Auschwitz. Um, his story is a Polish uh, priest who, um, you know, was very active in the resistance to the Nazis and then was captured. And while at Auschwitz, um, 10 men were being executed and one of them broke down when he was picked out of the line randomly, said, um, my wife, my children, please don't kill me. And Maximilian Kolbe stepped out of line and said, I'll take his place. Wow. And he put those 10 men in a starvation chamber and all of them died except um, for Maximilian Kolbe, um, who eventually had to receive a lethal injection injection to, to die. Wow. He was martyred at Auschwitz. And uh, uh, I think his story is incredible, right? Like very dramatic. Yeah, like, right. you know, I kind of go for the jugular. But um, he made his decision about his faith. He made his decision, decision about his martyrdom uh, years before he was ever in Auschwitz. Yeah. And I think that's the way we kind of all make decisions about faith um, is that we have to make the decision long before we actually follow through on the, the end result. Yeah. You know? And um, I just think he's an incredible man. His devotion to Mary is beautiful and um, wrote a lot about that. And um, I would just, I like to spend some time in church with him. Um, and then finally, my last one is uh, uh, Teresa of Avila. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love Teresa of Avila. I think she's, Witty and funny and she smart was she and, the there's so many Teresa's was she the one that that, that had the uh, I hate calling them lines but she said that you're now the hands of Christ you're now the the, the, the uh, Christ has no other hands but yours or something like that one of the Teresa's you know I get mixed up on the Teresa's yeah. too now my line from her that I like is she fell off a donkey on a way to like <laughs> something and she looked up to heaven supposedly and said if this is how you treat your friends no wonder you have so few you know <laughs> nice. she also had a late conversion she joined uh, the the convent as a young woman but really was not on board until like almost her 40s I think and uh, was kind of um, and then from there did some major reforms uh, of of her convent they were really split into like rich sisters and poor ones. Yeah. And she was like, nah, you know, that's yeah. not, that's not the way it's supposed to be. And she was one of the rich ones, you know, yeah. um, but she's uh, just an incredible, uh, incredible writer and, and deep, deep spiritual thinker. Yeah. So technically breaking kind of the rule of the question, but you know, she's not a guy, but I'll take, Oh, it has to be know. men. Well, that's what, that's what the question said. Oh, I got too excited guy. about trees. No, I like it. Sorry. I like it a lot. And I love that the Chesterton too. I, 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 uh, um, he's got a great quote that I share with. I'm sure I share it with you. Uh, the truly great man is, and this is not whatever politically yeah. correct, but the truly great man is the man who makes every every man feel truly great, or something like that. Which is kind of neat. Beautiful. Uh, last one, fun segment question number three. If you had, uh, and and if you want, you can you can actually harken back to maybe advice that you actually have given to young men. But if you had one piece of advice that you could give to young men mm-hmm. today to help them feel comfortable, to feel invited, to, to, to live just in, comfortable in living their faith, you know, and, and not feeling self-conscious about how it comes off or, you know, what their friends are going to think. Like what, what, what either have you shared with young men mm-hmm. in the past or, or what kind of advice would you give them today? Uh, I, to be honest, my, my advice would be, um, <laughs> start even if it's uncomfortable, Yeah. like don't, don't wait till it's comfortable. Right. You know, um, just do it. There's nothing that feels comfortable about swinging a baseball bat or throwing overhand or, you know, or hitting someone in football practice or running or cl- not that I run, but you know, like, <laughs> like all these things that we do are not comfortable. Like start with the uncomfortable until it becomes what you do. Um, I think is really, really important. And actually, in fact, um, choose discomfort. 
I, I think we live in one of the most wonderful, incredible places and ages. Um, I can listen to almost every piece of recorded music at a touch of a finger. Like, what? You know, like, I, I, I can order people to bring food to my home, and there are stores brimming with wines and beers and everything else I could ever want. Um, and, uh, and yet we have all of that, and most people aren't very happy. And, uh, and so I think, actually, to take a step in faith is actually to take a step away from comfort. Because um, as uh, Benedict XVI said, um, we were not made for comfort; we were made for greatness. And I think if we want, um, if we want faith to be important to us, um, instead of trying to fit faith into our lives, we need to turn and try and fit our lives into our faith. That's great. I mean, the, this is the last thing. Um, Father Mike Schmidt says this all the time, so I'm, I'm really just stealing from him. But you know, before the 1900s, the word priority was never plural. You can look it up on Google, right? Uh-huh. Like um, before the word priorities was just never used yeah. because the word, it's root. It means the first, the thing that becomes before all others, the thing that is prior to everything else. And at the end of the day, we can't have priorities. Something will always be first. Yeah. And if it's not Jesus Christ, if it's not the church, if it's not prayer, if we don't deem prayer the most important thing we're going to do every day, it's not going to be the first thing we do every day. Um, and I and I really think um, it's an attitude shift towards discomfort. It's an attitude shift towards really making it the priority, um, and it's an attitude toward attitude shift towards um, this is the thing that all else is beholden to. Mm-hmm. This is the thing um, that I stack on top, and uh, that sounds like an impossibility in a faraway land for so many of us. Um, and on the one hand. Uh, it is, it is hard. It's hard for everyone. Yeah. Christianity is not easy for anyone. Um, on the other hand, it's not, it's right beyond our fingertips. It's right there. Yeah. The, this, the next step is right there. Yeah. So I would say do it, try it, do it for 40 days, do it for 90 days, figure it out. Yeah. Do something uncomfortable. That's great. That's great. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate the time this afternoon and everything that you're doing for the church and to spread his word and just be another great, uh, great man, man, a man. Jeff, thanks for doing this. This is a beautiful thing, and I, I can't wait to listen. Thank you for listening to Mana. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.